Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope that you enjoy this encouraging message. For more information on our church family, visit freechapel.org forward slash OC. You got to forgive me today if I'm a little bit sentimental, because just being here with you today is very, very special to me. You know, through the years, I've learned that when you get my age, people like to hear an impartation. I'm not going to preach you a message today, but what I give you is more of an impartation of what I have seen and what I have heard. The message today, I feel that you need to listen to the first five to seven minutes on purpose. And the rest of it, I think you'll want to listen to. But I'm going to form a foundation that I think you'll want to hear the rest of the message. I want to speak to you on the subject of surprise me, Lord, Heavenly Father. I thank you for this wonderful congregation. Lord, I look back at them today and I just fell in love with them one more time because you view this church in such a tremendous way. The very attendance today is not what's taking place across America. Churches are only having a handful of their congregation. And yet, God, this is a bright spot in America today. And I pray these people will never get used to it. You're doing something special. You put men of God in this place to carry out the work of God. And I pray, God, that you will anoint the message that I'm about to preach today. And let your spirit be upon this congregation in a great, wonderful way, I pray. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. I'm losing my notes, all right. We got a win out here. I think I got a system. You got a number? Got number you got the numbers, all right. Come come over and help me a minute. Come here and help me just a minute. I heard about the guy that uh, was preaching. This reminds me of it. Give me that, and I think that'll work. Amen. You can take this. Amen. And he was preaching in a building that had no air conditioning. A wind came and took all of his notes, blew him out in the field, and a cow was grazing out there and ate his notes. And the next week, the cow went dry. Now, you city folks are so dumb, you don't know that, what that means. It means she quit giving milk. I just hate it when I have to explain the gospel to you folks. Amen. (laughs) Listen closely. There are several passages of scriptures in the Bible that deal with things that we must do in order to get our prayers answered. Our conditions that must be met. For instance, 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14. The Bible clearly speaks to us and By the way, you got my notes the wrong way. I'm going backwards. I am going backwards. You know what? I'm going to have to trust God today because my notes are gone. How many think I can trust God? Raise your hand real high. Okay. The Bible is full of prayers to get your prayers answered. Here's a formula for getting your prayers answered. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves, and pray, and seek my face, and turn from her wicked ways, then I will heal from heaven, forgive the sins, and heal their head. God 
is a God of formulas. There is a way that a nation could be healed and spared. The Bible says that it always works. Are you listening to what I have to say? He said, my people. It did not say the devil's people. It said, my people, called by my name, if you'll humble yourself, pray, seek your face, turn from unrighteousness, then I will. It did not say, I might hear from heaven. Or I usually do hear, turn the fan off somebody from heaven. Or I usually do hear from heaven. What it says is, I will hear from heaven. I will forgive your sins. I will hear your land. And that's God's promise. And it's a formula that the Bible says that always works. Now follow me closely. Suppose I do that. Suppose I meet the condition for answer prayer. Listen closely because this is very important. Now that I've met God's conditions, the Bible said, let him ask what he will and it shall be done unto him. Now wait a minute. There's a second choice now that that opens up. Follow me closely. The same conditions for me to be able to have what I will qualifies me for a second choice that I now can make. So when I've separated myself, when I abide in Christ, I have a second choice that I can make. Now, so you understand it better way, there are two boxes here. The first box that you can check is this. I must ask anything that I will. You've met the conditions. You've abided in him. His words abide in you. You've been called by his name. You've humbled yourself and prayed. And he said, you've qualified to ask anything in his name and get it. Now you can check that box and there's nothing wrong with it. But it also, if you meet those conditions, opens up for a second box. The second choice I have is, I may ask what I will, ask what he wills for my life, and I'll get it. And the scripture for that is, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now this may surprise you, but I hardly ever pray for anything for myself. Now, there's nothing wrong with doing that. Matter of fact, the Bible said that we're to ask. We're to knock. The Bible says that we ought to ask great things from God. I know it's true. But the reason why I don't ask things for myself so much, because I'm afraid that if I pray for something for myself, God may have something better for me than I even prayed for he might have something bigger and better for me because his will for you is greater than your will for yourself. That's a good place to say good, amen. I don't think you're getting it, so I gotta give you an illustration. Let's say that I prayed for a pint. Well, that doesn't sound very good, does it? All right, I'm gonna rephrase that. Let's, let's suppose I pray for a fifth. That's even worse, isn't it? All right. Let's go back to the pint. Let's suppose that I ask God to give me a pint. 
You see, God may wanted to give me a quart, but it may be that God wanted to even give me a gallon. So I have a choice in this matter. I can say, this is what I choose or I can say, God, I want what you choose for my life. Now, I don't think you're getting it yet, so I need to give you another illustration. It was near Christmas time, and I said to my wife, what do you want for Christmas? She said, well, why don't you give me money this year? I said, well, I've already got your present bought. She said, can you take it back? I said, yeah. She said, because you always get the wrong size and the wrong color, and I'd just rather pick it out myself this year. So I said, okay. So I took it back. I gave her money instead of the gift. And one day, a few months later, we're walking through the mall shopping. Now, I'd rather go through seven years of the tribulation than go shopping with my wife. Come on, men. Can I hear from you fellows out here now? We were walking through the mall. And I said, honey, would you like to see what I bought you for Christmas that you didn't want? She said, yeah, I'd like to see. I took her to the jewelry store. And she looked in the window. I said, you see that beautiful ring? That's what I bought for you. She went, oh. The next Christmas came along and I said, honey, uh, should I get you something or do you want money for Christmas? Oh, she said, you just go pick it out and surprise me. <laughs> see, what God wants you to have is better than what you want to have. But the tragic thing is, we say, I want what I want. I want what I want. But God looks down and says, oh, but if you just knew what I had for you. I want to say three things about this that could literally change your life. You may want to write them down. Number one, you see, God's plan is better than my plan. When I was 12 years of old, God called me to the ministry. So I had a dream to pastor a church someday. Now suppose that I would pray that God would give me a large church to pastor. The largest charismatic church at that time was a church that ran about a thousand in attendance. So I would have probably asked God to give me a church of 500, that would have been a large church. But if I had to pray that way, just look what I'd have missed. Several times when we were looking for property to build our church in Phoenix First Assembly and a campus and land to put it upon, I almost prayed that God would give me the Tovery Mansion in Phoenix. It was a huge piece of property right in the middle of the city. It looked perfect. 25 acres that overlooked the city. I almost prayed that God would give it to me, but I felt a check. And then I saw the McCune Mansion. The McCune Mansion was owned by Barry Goldwater, who was ran for president of the United States. It was beautiful. Paradise Valley looked over the entire city of Phoenix. I almost prayed that God would have given that to us. But I had 47 buses. Think if I'd roll those 47 buses next door to Barry Goldwater. 
and I released thousands of human, well, <laughs> thousands of American heathens. That's what the kids were that rode our buses. I don't believe that that would have been God's plan. Barry would not have been happy. I almost prayed for that property. And then we stood on a piece of property on the freeway, 15 acres, hundreds of thousands of cars went by every single day on that freeway. And I almost prayed. I joined with the deacons of the church and we were about to ask God to give it to us. And I feel, I feel a check. Let's not pray for this property. Let's pray God would give us the property that we need. You see, if I'd have prayed that way, God would have probably given me that property. But I wouldn't have had room for those 47 buses. We wouldn't have the auditorium that we had that seats over 6,000 people. And we could not have the big Easter pageant, rather Christmas pageant, that draws 80,000 people. And every night about 3,000 people stand to give their life to Jesus Christ. We wouldn't have been able to have Joyce Meyer, who I many of you know her pastor, who every year comes and has her big conference at our church because it wouldn't have been big enough. We wouldn't have the parking for the thousands of cars. We wouldn't have had the prayer pavilion on the side of the mountain that never closes 24 hours a day filled with people praying. We would not have had the small world village just for children. We wouldn't have the youth building and the basis high school or our college that we have on the property. We wouldn't have had our prayer mountain or the football field if I would have prayed for that 15 acres and said, I wanted God, but I never prayed that way. I prayed somewhere, God, you have a piece of property for me that you want us to have. The same is true. When we went to LA, the Dream Center, we started a little church downtown and soon it was jam-packed. We needed a bigger place. So we began to look. I wanted a, a destination site where people could come and spend all day and a place I'd want to be. They took me to the Ambassador Hotel, very famous place, the place where Bobby Kennedy was assassinated, right on Wiltshire Boulevard. I almost prayed that God would give it to us. Then they took us to a Jewish temple in Beverly Hills, right on Wilshire. I thought to myself, wow, I get to minister to the movie stars. Amen. Everybody thinks that I'm a famous person. I mean, everywhere I go, people look at me and say, are, are you the owner of the Dallas Cowboys? <laughs> Jerry Jones, amen. I prayed that I wanted to pray for this beautiful temple seated several thousand people. And then we went to the Pine Light Company right downtown LA. They wanted 8,000, they wanted $8 million for it. It was a beautiful place, about 200,000 uh, square feet of building that would hold. And I almost prayed for it and we had it till the last minute the Koreans came in and they had more money and they bought it out from under us. I've been bitter ever since, Amen. But then I drove down the Hollywood freeway and saw the Queen of Angels. It had 400,000 square feet. They did not want 8 million. They wanted 3.9. I had twice as big a place. It had a better location to reach people. Come on, say a good amen. 
And that building has become iconic throughout the world. You see, at that time, I could not even fathom what God had for us. And that's why the Bible said that I has not seen, our ears have not heard, it has not entered the heart of man. The things, the things, the things, everybody said the things. God has things for his people. Things that we cannot enter into the heart of man. See, God's got a bunch of stuff that he prepared for you from the foundation of the earth that you will never get because you checked the wrong box. You're saying, now that I've met the condition, I'm going to choose what I want. And by the way, you can. You have a right to. There's nothing wrong. Or you can say, God, you choose what I get. And I've come to the conclusion that I've gotten a heap, a lot more stuff. And I've lived a happier and more fulfilling life. When I check the little square that says, I want what God wants, what God has prepared for me. God, thy will be done in this area. Because number one, God's plan is better than your plan. And it's better than my plan. That's a good place to give you a plot, right? But there's a second thing that I'd like to say about that. Number two, I'd rather for him decide what I get for me because I don't know all that he has. Now, if I don't know all that he has, how can I know what to ask him for? So, since God has given me the right to choose in this area. And I can make the decision on what I want in this. I've decided to let God help me make the choosing. I love the little story about the little boy. Went to the grocery store with his mother. It was during the depression, there was very little bit of money. She bought the few necessities, flour, sugar. And the little boy stood at the counter and there was a big, big, jar of candy and the grocer was checking her out he knows the little boy eyeing that candy but he could never afford his mother didn't have money for such things finally the compassionate grocer man said son reach in there and get the biggest handful of candy you can the little boy just stood there son you didn't hear me reach in there and get the biggest handful of candy that your hand will hold the boy stood there Finally, the groceryman reached in there with his big hand, took out a scoop and put it in a sack, gave it to the boy. When they walked outside, the mother said, son, why in the world that you did not respond to that man? He was trying to be nice to you. Why didn't you take the candy? He said, mama, because his hand was bigger than mine. Amen. I got some good news for you today. Amen. His hand is bigger and better than my hand. I don't know what he has. I'm going to say, God, I'm going to trust you. Because when you trust God, not only is God's plan better than yours, not only I do not know what he has, but here's my favorite one, number three. 
I don't even know what I need. The truth is sometimes I don't even know what I want. I'm a spoiled brat. God looks down from heaven and says, I bless Pastor Barnett. That's what God calls me, Pastor Barnett. Amen. I don't know what that guy needs. I've blessed him. I've given him children. I've given him friends. I've given him more than he ever deserved. He, and God has to figure out things just to make me happy. And sometimes I don't even know what I want. I was preaching years ago and just happened to make a statement. I don't know how I did it, but I said, if I ever had a car of my choosing, I would choose to have one of those convertible red Mercedes sports cars. And I said that years ago, I don't know how it came about. Years went by and there was a beautiful young lady and her husband that got saved, a great looking couple. One night, and they were struggling in business, he was driving home about three o'clock when a drunken driver ran a red light, hit him in the side, instantly killed him. The heart was broken, of course, and they had no money, so the church rallied and bought a casket for them and put beautiful flowers upon him. We loved her and gave her a beautiful funeral. The man who hit her was extremely rich. And besides that, he had an insurance policy. And there was a lawsuit. And she was, had a lot of money that was her way. One day, the secretary came to me and said, there's a young lady out there that wants to see you. She says, it's very important. So I walked out in the lobby, and it was that young lady. She reached in her purse and pulled out some keys and said, here, this is yours. I said, what do you mean? Follow me. And I walked outside. And there sat a convertible Mercedes sports car. And she said, it's yours. I was taken back. I said, I can't believe you've done this for me. But I said, you know, I want you to have it. Oh, no, no, God told me to give it to you. I said, but God's telling me that you need to keep this car. So we got in this big deal. And she said, Pastor, please don't make me miss God. God told me to buy this and give it to you. I said, well, this is what we'll do. Let's pray about it for a week. You pray, I'll pray. And if we come back and we feel the same way, then I'll receive it. A week later, we gathered together. And I said, you know what? God spoke to me and said, that you were obedient and you gave the car. So you were clear. But God spoke to me that you should have that and I should not. Oh, pastor, please. And I said, please. So finally she said, okay. I watched her go out, get in the little convertible and drive out of the parking lot in my car. Amen. <laughs> I went in my office and I took my shoes off. This is what I do when I'm happy. And I got up on the couch and I just jumped up and down. Just Who said white men can't jump? That was pretty good, wasn't it? Amen. I mean, the vertical bell like that. And I shouted and I said, oh God, I really didn't want that dumb car. I just wanted to know I could have it if I wanted it. And my son Luke said, dad, I really believe that was of God. The only thing was she got the wrong first name. It was Luke Barnett. Instead, <laughs> My boys are not as spiritual as her dad, amen. 
I do a lot of traveling. I eat a lot of restaurants. And sometimes I just get sick of restaurant food. So sometime I go to a restaurant now and I look at the menu and I've turned to the waitress and say, would you tell the chef to make me up the best thing that he's got in the kitchen and surprise me? And sometimes I go to God. I say, oh Lord, I've met your conditions. I've met your formula. I've abided in you and your word has abided in me. I don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. I don't stand in the way of sinners. I don't sit in the seat of the scorn. I've delighted myself in the Lord. Now, God, I'm ready to order. And God says, what do you want? Well, God, I don't know all that you have. I don't even know what I want. And many times I say, God, just fix me up the best thing that you got in the kitchen and surprise me. And God will come out and say, surprise, surprise, amen. Have you ever prayed for something that when you got it, you were sorry for? Don't look at your husband or wife. Please, please, this is not the time to do that. Have you ever been in one of these been to Christmas shopping and you can buy one of these ten little dollar surprise boxes. You don't know what's in it. But let's suppose that I take a chance and I buy what's in that box. Or I can choose what I want to buy. I've got a choice here. So let's say I buy the ten dollar box and what's in it? A set of curlers. Now, I dead sure do not need a set of curlers. I need what's underneath those curlers. I need hair. I need a wig. You know, I've tried everything to grow hair. Somebody said, if you put hot packs on your head, you'll grow hair. All I did was scorch my skull. And someone said, no, if you put a cold pack on, that will grow. So I put an ice cold pack and got brain freeze. That's right, brother. Amen. Someone said, if you pour vodka and rub it in, it'll grow hair. It didn't work, so I drank the rest. No, no, no. No, no I didn't do that. I, I'm a teetotaler, amen. But you know, I found the solution of all hair. I'm gonna let my eyebrows go long and just come back around. Let's get back to the surprise box. Let's suppose for a moment that the person that packed that box knew me. Let's suppose the one who packed that box made me and loved me with a love more than any other love will ever be known. Let's suppose that the person that packed that box owns the cattle on a thousand hills and all the gold and silver that is in those hills now, how do you think that I'll spend that $10? I'll buy the box every single time because my God in heaven loves me. He loves me more than I love myself. He knows what I need more than I know what I need. He knows what I want 
more than I know what I want. Did you ever have anything bad happen to you? And later on you said, that's the best thing that's ever happened to me. You see, all we have to judge is with our smell, our sight, our hearing, our feeling. But he who is omnipotent, he who knows everything, he that owns everything, he, my friends, who loves you more than anybody in the world loves you, has something for you. So God said, well, you've met the conditions. You've met the conditions for prayer. Okay, tell me what you want. I'm now ready to take your order. Now remember, God says, you can have what you want. You met the conditions. But before you order, there's a second choice. God said, if you'd like me to, I'll pick out something. And I'll give it to you. And I've learned in 67 years of preaching the gospel to say, God, surprise me. Surprise me, Lord. I've often asked Pastor Barnett, did you ever expect to build a dream center? No. I never heard of such a thing. There wasn't such a thing. We did not go to L.A. to build a church. We went, I mean, to build a dream center. We went to L.A. to build a church. But we learned before we could build a church, we had to build the church, which was the people. And that's how the dream center started. And that house today, it has hundreds of people living there, coming out of all kinds of addictions. In the dream center network, we have the largest human traffic ministry in the world, over 250 beds we have. We didn't expect to do that. Pastor, do you ever expect to be a chancellor of a university? Man, I didn't even graduate from university. When they asked me to become the, the chancellor, I thought they were talking about a chandelier. <laughs> Write books. I'm not a writer and I pen 13 books. Did I ever expect to be Joyce Myers pastor? Of course not. It's a job keeping that woman in line. Amen. Thank God. Did you ever expect to have a pastor's conference? For 42 years, we've had literally about 400,000 pastors that have come to our pastor's conference. Do you respect to preach the gospel worldwide? No way. But one day I discovered that if I would abide by the word of God that I had two choices to make, I could get what I wanted or I could get what he had planned for me. But I'll guarantee you there is nothing in the world like getting what He wants for your life. What a tremendous way to live. If you abide in me and His words abide in you, you can ask what you want or you can pray, Thy kingdom come and Thy will be done. And when you live that way 
Every day is Christmas. Every day is exciting. Every morning I wake up and say, God, what have you got for me today? Because I'm saying, Lord, I don't want really anything. You just surprised me. I close with my favorite scripture. Proverbs 3, 6. In all thy ways, acknowledge him. By the way, that's your job. I came here today with one purpose, to acknowledge him. Your job is to acknowledge Christ, to live to acknowledge Christ. The second part is God's part. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will direct your path. And if you let him acknowledge him, he will lead your path. Pastor, do you still have big dreams? You wouldn't believe how big they are. I don't dare tell people my vision at my church because they'd get discouraged because they got to pay for them. Amen, thank God. <laughs> Can I tell you one of my big dreams? This wasn't in my notes, but Everywhere I go, they say, well, Pastor, we need a dream center here. Will you help us build a dream center? There's no way I can do that. For the last 25 years, I've gone out every week, sometimes two or three times. Matthew's done the same thing. And whatever they gave us, and today, whatever nomination is given, they'll make it out to the dream center. I won't touch it. For 25 years, Everything's going right to the Dream Center. There's no way that we can build anymore. We live by faith every week. We wonder how it's going to happen every week. So I was praying one day, and I said, Lord, I feel bad. When they need Dream Centers all over the nation and the world, and people have been asking me, but I don't have the money. You know that, and God spoke to my heart. Why don't you ask me for the money? So I asked God, for the Bible said, if you'll ask me, I'll give you the nations. So I'd ask God before I die, and I'm almost ashamed to say this, because a lot of guys get up and just pop off, make big statements. But I've asked God to give me a billion dollars from somebody before I die to build dream centers, and I'm gonna build them all over the world when it comes. Oh, come on, you don't believe it either. Come on, give a good hand out there. Well, Pastor, what if you don't get it and you die and you don't get it? Well, at least you can say he was on his way. Because I'm saying, Lord, really, I don't want anything but to acknowledge you. And I don't even know a billionaire. If you know one, send them to me. Amen, thank God. So I'm going to wrap it up. Look at me. Go ahead and ask. You have a right to. You've met the conditions. Ask for a billion dollars. Ask for something big. But I suggest at the end of your asking that you add. But God, if you've got something bigger and better, I want what you want for me. I love Joe Namath, the famous football player. Our minds on football here today. 
Joe Namath, the great quarterback who won a Super Bowl, came to our church and he preached. He's now giving his life to Christ. And Joe Namath said, I can't wait to get up in the morning to see how good looking I've gotten during the night. And I can relate to that. Amen. It hurts me when you laugh that way. I believe today I've taken you on a graduate course. Yeah, go ahead and ask. The Bible says ask. But there will come that time in your life when you need to ask. But God, if you got something better, thy kingdom come. I want your will to be done. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. To watch our latest message, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. To stay connected, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Free Chapel OC.